All right. Shabbat shalom, everyone. I'm glad all of you are here. It's good to see you. Uh, I First, in opening, I want to thank my brother Paul for uh, stepping in and doing his studies. I was able to watch them, and the, like I, I, I knew, they're very wonderful. Thank you, Paul, for your service to the community, your insights into Scripture. So um, let me see. Let me, uh, as you guys know, living, I got to get into the groove now. It's been well, right? Livingmessiah.com is our website for those who are joining in. We welcome you to our family if you haven't been here before. And as, as you know, the donate button you'll find at our website uh, there. And we want, uh, if you can give it a thumbs up and uh, what a subscribe, that would be wonderful too. That always helps as well. So let me open in prayer and then we can get into a couple other things here. Father, Yahweh, great and mighty you are. There is no one like you. No one can compare to you and your love. No one can compare to you and your son and what he has done for all. Father, we thank you for the redemption we find in him. And Father, be with us today as we look into your words and the words uh, of, of your son and the words of those who followed after you. Father, we thank you again for your love and your mercy that we all can say that we have had benefited benefited from we thank you again amen so with that being said is the usual things uh comments and questions as you know there's uh two mics out there raise your hand if you have a question or comment th that mic will find its way to you eventually and we just ask be short uh try to make it short so in case there's others like to share and the big point uh, for me i i have to emphasize this again we're all learning together. So let's all learn together by trying to keeping on the subject at hand. And I know that's hard for all of us, even for me, from one thing goes to the next to the next, and all of a sudden, but it's focusing in on that. So with that being said, where we did leave off, or at least one of the things I saw I'd like to say, was this. So the word of the master being the most high, Yeshua, Yahweh, however you choose to pronounce it, it was going mightily and prevailing. That's Acts uh, 19.20, as you know. So that's where we left off. We left off with Paul heading back to Jerusalem from what he was doing out on his mission, back to Jerusalem for the Feast of Shavuot. And we discussed about the presence of the Father's Spirit, okay? Knowing him, that is the Father, knowing that that's important to know him, okay? Not of him. So what that means is to know him and to really know him is to keep his commandments because that's part of him. That's part of knowing him and his character. Part of knowing him is also then part of knowing his son and how they're in unification. So knowing him and knowing his son. Okay, now you might want to say that's a no-brainer, but I think that can get lost in the subtleties in our faith a lot of times, okay? It's, and it is in the subtle things um, in that sense, and I'm not trying to be vague, but we can lose track of that. It's the Messiah and his words and, and the walk that 
is important, the walk that he showed us. Messiah sets the path, not anything else, because he's the one. He's the one like Moses that was told of, and he walked out the father's, he heard the father's voice just like Moses did and did what his father did. So Messiah is just that, the very essence of the father's scene, and we we know what, he's, what he has done and how he did it and how he walked that out. So in short, I guess in a lot of ways, I'm always analyzing myself. We cannot compromise our Messiah by no means and what he says. We have to understand whatever the Messiah says, where it's coming from, and of course, the context and whatever. He and one of the major things why he had arrived, it is for the forgiveness of sins for all. And that's for all men. This was the message Paul took, if you remember, in Acts, a real brief to bring us up. Paul, what was he doing? He went to his Jewish brother, of course. He, we saw time and time and time and time again. He went to synagogue, Right? Then in the synagogues was the God-fearers. So he was going to the synagogues, to his Jewish brothers, and the God-fearers. And then not later on, later on in the book of Acts, then it started going out to those who had no clue of the God of Israel, the creator of all things. So that message was, again, to all men. Okay. So I, at this point, in being away for a little bit, as you guys know, uh, you probably already know, we worked on uh, on Living Messiah property. We were down there, and we worked somewhat. My wife and I worked on our property, so it was a dual thing down there. So I had a lot of time. I have no fingerprints. They're gone from working. <laughs> so, But a lot of that was thinking about a lot of things, uh, a lot of stuff. And it's I tell you what, if you get the chance to go out in the middle of nature, Messiah, he was the key. How many times did he say uh, he was off on his loan? I think that's important. I had a wonderful time with my wife and, and family and friends, but with the Father. So in that process, what I was just talking about the Messiah and the Father and Paul, I want that to be the focal point Maybe I'm going to try to make that the focal point um, in Acts for the remainder of the Acts. Now, I want to do add too. I have to. I have decided to change it up a little bit. I have listened to others, and it's like, okay, you're going too slow. Well, I want to speed it up, and so there's going to maybe a lot of sections. Maybe two weeks here. I want to really. What I want to do is focus on where Paul's a testimony to why he did what he did to others, I think, in some ways. And why he did that, because out there thinking, it's like, again, Messiah's word. You know, I want to focus on Messiah's word. That being, I want to really, I don't know. I'm not the type the Lord told me. Or I'm not that type of person. But out there, I'm thinking the Messiah's words. I had this draw to go back to these parables that he speaks of and really... Go through them, understand those parables, and then go back to that same parable, maybe go even deeper. And what I have found putting together the calendar 
this year and certain things come up and it's like, man, I've come across things Messiah was talking about that I never really knew that was in the Old Testament. He said it different, but it's the same exact thing. And I just thought, if I'm getting a rush out of this, let's do it together. So that goes back to that idea with Messiah and his words. Okay, and why, what I want to do is then with Paul uh, going through here, it, it's the same thing. So we're going to maybe go a lot faster, and not, I'm not going to focus on everything. But the witness of Paul, I think, is very important. And the, one of the witnessing things that I hope that we will see is the simple truth that Israel's Messiah has come. He has come. And he has come and there's conditions when he came. He said it. The things that he said, we must obey. The conditions from the Father, he set down. We cannot get around that if you're willing to listen. Because if we go back to Deuteronomy, it says this. Yahweh, your Elohim, speaking to Moses and all of Israel. And Yahweh, your Elohim, he shall raise up for you a prophet like me. I believe Yahshua, the Messiah, the one from Nazareth, is that prophet. From me, in your midst, from your brothers, listen to him. You see what I'm saying? We've got to listen to Messiah's words. Yeshua's words. According to all you asked of Yahweh your Elohim and Herb in the day of the assembly of those who were gathered, saying, let me not hear that voice. No. We don't want to hear the voice. Send somebody else so we can hear their voice. My voice. The Yahweh, my Elohim. Nor let me see this great fire anymore, lest I die. 18 re-emphasizes that again, Deuteronomy 18.18. And I shall rise up for them a prophet like you, being Moses. And that's Yahshua, in my mind. Out of the midst of their brothers, and I shall put what? My words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I command him. What did Yahshua say constantly over and over and over again? I'm only saying what my father said. I'm only doing what my father, I listen to my father's voice and I do accordingly and I'm sharing that with you or anyone that will listen. Here's the added part. And it shall be the man or woman who does not listen to the one like Moses, Yahshua, to my words which I put in that one's mouth, which he speaks in my name, I required of him. That is some heavy words. So that means, like I would project to you, we have to know what Messiah is talking about. We have, cannot com compromise our Messiah's words. And that's where the beauty of his parables, I think, will come in and help us, uh, of course. And I know we've all read them. But how many of you read the parable again the second time around and it's like, oh, my God goodness there's still more yet there that's my emphasis so 
I'm wanting to do the words of the Messiah in those parables. Now, real quickly, I require of him. It's interesting. On your own, when you go to Deuteronomy 18, look up that require of him and see where that word first appears. And actually, you know what the word is? Drosh. To bring out. The grab out. In that sense. So see where it first popped up and it's like... It's required of man. It's required of anyone who wants to walk out. Because guess what? He requires it of you. He requires that you draw this out. See the Messiah's words. See the Father's words. Micah 6. He has declared to you, O man, what is good. And what does Yahuwah require of you? but to do right and and to excuse me sorry and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your god your elohim then it says the voice of yahweh cries to the city and let sound wisdom see your name hear the rod of him who is appointed it. Again, it's that prophet like Moses, Yeshua, we cannot compromise our Messiah and his word. And he requires something of us. Okay, now to Acts. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go to Acts 21. And when... We had arrived in uh, Jerusalem. The brothers received us gladly. This is Paul and whoever's following with him. And on the following day, Shaul went in with us to, to James, Yaakov, and all the elders came. So where is that? He's at the home synagogue of those who believe in Messiah, right? And having greeted them, he was relating one by one what Elohim had done among the Gentiles throughout his service. Now, I just reviewed to you, he, I prefer to put among the nations, because he went out to the nations where there were other synagogues, other Jews, God-fearers, and then so on and so on. So to me, in some ways, this could be misleading in a particular theology. And they heard it the home Jerusalem council here. And they heard it. They praised the master and they said to him, you see, brother, how many thousands of you deem there are who have believed and are ardent for the Torah. That's an interesting statement. First of all, they didn't say, good job, Paul. No, they praised the most high. Right? And then, all of a sudden, James is saying, Oh, it's so awesome, brother. How many thousands of you deem there are who believe and are ardent for the Torah? So, I don't know who these you deem were. These Jews, were they believers in the God of Israel? I would assume, at least some of them. And they even got more serious about their walk in the commandment. 
Maybe let's do it that way. That's one scenario. Like you guys, right? You've been born again, right, in the Christian church, maybe most of you, right? And then you come to know more, and you got more ardent because you believed in Jesus, but then you got more ardent, more convicted for the law of Moses. See how that flows? I think that works real well. At least that's an insight that I was seeing. And they have been informed about you that you teach all the Udim who are among the nations, Gentiles, to forsake Moses, saying not to circumcise the children nor walk according to the practices. There's a lot here that's going on here. And it's understanding maybe the cultural and the things that are going on here. But one thing for sure is some kind of rumors going around that Paul's teaching contrary, at least to the law of Moses. Now, he might be teaching a little bit different towards, excuse me, some of the practices or customs of the elders. That might be the case too, and there might be a little ruffled feathers about that. But the big one, I think, is against Moses because they're talking about circumcision. And these Jews, I would hear, I would say they could really care less what the 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 non-Jew, the goyim, are doing who believe, all right? They're more concerned is Moses straying away from the, the law of Moses, okay? So they heard this whole report. They praised the master. How many thousand you deem have now are coming more to believe in what? Because what was the message? It wasn't about... It was about the Messiah. They come to trust in this Messiah. That's the, one of the key things here. Believe in what? It was the Messiah's death and re- resurrection that made them different here. But they're also new. It's subtle, but it's very clear here. They also recognize this Messiah from Nazareth, and they also recognize this Messiah from Nazareth with the law of Moses. Because why else would they say that? Why else are they here with James? Because they believe in the Messiah. And then this other Paul guy who's out, you know, he's teaching contrary to Moses? That can't be. We have a Messiah in the law of Moses. It's subtle, but it's there. So that means then in my mind, what we are striving to do with the Messiah and the law of Moses fits perfect with what's happening here. That Messiah and the law of Moses go together. They go together. What then is this? They shall certainly hear that you have come. Okay? They know Paul has, they'll know Paul's here in town. So do this. What we say to you, this is James, I believe, we have four men who have taken a vow. So it sounds like James already knew the rumor going around, knew how to fix the situation, and had an antidote by the time Paul showed up, maybe. Take them to be uh, cleansed with, uh, with them, and they paid their expenses, so they shaved their heads, and they shall know that what they have been informed about 
isn't true about you. It's just not simply not true. But you yourself also walk orderly, keeping the law. Now, the Torah. What law is that? I remember at this time, you still, law was a mixture of the law of Moses and the traditions of men. So what exactly is this one meaning? It might be a combination of both. I can't say one over the other. But we do see, later on, we'll see Paul's testimony why he was out there anyhow. The Messiah was part of it. And concerning the, the nations or the Gentiles who believe, we have written and decided what they should keep themselves from, it, um, from it's, uh, what is offered to idols, the blood, and what is strangled in the hori. Now, we went through this before. That was the whole thing about these who were not Jews entering into this faith. So we don't need to go through all that. We already looked at that. That was, maybe just summarized, this is the entrance point. If you want to walk this walk, if you want to walk after Yahshua, okay, you will hear about the commandment from Mount Sinai. But in the meantime, if you're real serious, you've got to deal with some things in your life, right? Are you truly repenting from your things in your life? This is how you change your life. And then you'll grow like all of us, right? You believed in Yahshua or Jesus maybe at that point, and then you learned how to change. You just didn't say, I believe in, well, you cannot say, I believe in the Messiah or Jesus Christ and continue doing the same things that he opposes. It doesn't work that way. We know that, and it can't work that way. So there has to be a beginning spot, and that's exactly what this is. This isn't just four rules that anyone who comes to know the Messiah, you're good to go. No, this is the beginning. This is the beginning in my mind. Then it goes on, and so Paul, he took uh, the next day, having cleansed, then he went into the set apart. He announced the completion of days of his separation. I believe this is a Nazarite vow, whatever he was vowing, type of purification to show, listen, guys, I haven't dropped Moses. I believe in Moses. I'm not teaching contrary to Moses. Okay? So he does that. Um, and when those seven days um, uh, among, uh, almost ended, you deem from Asia. Jews from another place came down from Asia, seeing him in the set-apart place, and they were stirring up the crowd, and they laid hands on him. Isn't it? Again, Paul, everywhere he goes, he causes problems. He does. He causes some kind of riot, whether it be, uh, you know, it, I just think that's amazing that that uh, it is. But the, uh, what is the amazing part is, it is the message of the Messiah. He's taken the message of the Messiah, and it's not always comfortable everywhere, is it? Sometimes things I come across, it's like, ooh, ooh. Man, his words are heavy. Crying out, the men of Israel, help. Come on, brothers, let's all gang up here. This is the man who is teaching all men everywhere against the people and the Torah in the place. 
not only is they're they're just really loading it on here since he was in the set apart yeah you know, he's teaching against the torah the law the Mo, uh, law of moses and the set apart place against the temple and besides he also brought greeks to the set apart place and has profaned the set apart place because they have previously seen him with uh, uh, Tromothos and Ephesine uh, with him in the city, whom they thought that Shaul had brought into the set-apart place. All this can't clarify anything. they just thinking, right? So we always got to be on guard about that. And the same city was, and the entire city was moved. And the people rushed together, seized Paul, and dragged him out of the set-apart place, and immediately the doors were shut. So if he's in the set-apart place, then it would only be Jews that were doing this to him. Yes? Something seems to not add up, because if I remember correctly, there's a scripture in Isaiah that says the set-apart place or my house of prayer will be a house of prayer for all nations. So these Jews shouldn't be surprised there's Greeks in the set-apart place, because wasn't that supposed to happen? Um, I would say yes. I think there was a lot of things that wasn't correct at this time. And I think we'll see this play out a little bit in the behavior of who was in charge of the temple and the leaders at the time. So, no, I, I, would, I, I see your point. And Messiah said the same thing, did he not? This is uh, my house of prayer for all nations. And while they were seeking to kill him, all of a sudden they want to kill Paul. A report came to the commander of the company of soldiers that all Jerusalem was in confusion. At once he took soldiers and captains and ran down to them, and they, having seen the commander and the soldiers, stopped beating Shaul they wanted to kill him then the commander came near and took him and commanded him to be bound with uh, with uh, two chains and it was asking who he was and what he had done in the crowd uh, and in the crowd some were shouting this and others that and not being able to discern uh, assert ascertain the truth because of the uproar he commanded him to be taken in barracks okay soldiers who were the the peacemakers so to speak came in it's like oh we can't understand we'll just take this guy solve it later and when he came to the stairs as they're taking paul he had to be carried by the soldiers because of the violence of the crowd meaning he was banged up guys for a large number of the people followed after crying, crying out, away with him. And as Shaul was about to be led to the uh, barracks, he said to the commander, I am I allowed to say somewhat to you? And he said, do you know Greek? Are you not the, uh, uh, I think it's Egyptian, who some time ago stirred up a revolt and led the 4,000 assassins out into the wilderness. So even the commander wasn't sure who this was. For some reason, he had, maybe you're this person. That's my take on that. 
But Saul replied, I am not the Udim from Tars. I am a, a UD. I'm a, a UD. I'm a Jew from Tarsus in uh, Kilia, a citizen of no mean city. And I beg you, allow me to speak to the people. And having given him permission, Saul, standing on the stairs, motioned with his hands to the people. And when there was a great silence, he spoke in the Hebrew language, saying, so you, as soon as he spoke this Hebrew language, he seems to got the crowd's attention. So again, why is Paul going through all this? Because of the Messiah. Because of the message of the Messiah. The death and resurrection for all mankind. Because of the Messiah. The Messiah and the message that the Messiah had. The one like Moses. The one that's been promised. So let's let... But uh, let's Paul tell us what, why he does what he does. Men, brothers, and fathers, hear my defense before you now. And when they heard that he spoke to them in the Hebrew language, they kept a greater silence. And he said, I am indeed a Jew having been born in Tarsus of uh, Kilia, but brought up in this city at the feet of Gamiel, who was a big shot. Gamiel, as far as my understanding, a big Torah teacher, uh, a really respected uh, rabbi, having been instructed according to the exactness of the Torah of our fathers. So that can be said, what is he saying? In one way, the Torah of Moses is intermixed in there in one way or another. Basically, I know Halakha, and I also know the Torah of Moses, guys, okay? Being ardent for Elohim, as you are today, I'm a believer in the God of Israel just like you, who persecuted this way to death. <laughs> I was against the very people that I am now, right? To death, binding them and delivering up unto prison both men and women. I know this, I know the issues. I was part of it. As also the high priest bears witness, because your high priest, the high priest knows, because I got the paperwork from him to go do such and such. That's we saw this in Act in the beginning. He bears witness in all the eldership from whom I also received letters to the brothers and went to Damascus to bring in chains even those who, who were who there to, to Jerusalem to be punished for believing in this Messiah that I now just come back from how many years of doing just the opposite. And it came to be as I was journeying and, and coming near Damascus about noon, suddenly a great light shone around me of the uh, out of the heavens, heavens. And I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Shaul, Shaul, why do you persecute me? 
And I answered, Who are you, Master? And he said to me, I am Yahshua of Nazareth, whom you persecuted. I am the one like Moses, the Messiah of all Israel. You're persecuting me. And those who were with me indeed saw the light, and they were afraid, but they did not hear his voice. Sounds a lot like Mount Sinai, where they heard the voice, but mm, rejected that voice in some sense. I don't know, maybe I'm going too far there. And I said, what shall I do, Master? What shall I do, Yeshua? And the Master said to me, rise up, go into Damascus, and there you shall be told all what you have been appointed to do. And as I could not see because of the esteem, the heaviness of the light being led by the hand of those who, who were with me, I came to Damascus. And a certain, uh, and a certain Heniah, and it might be Ananias, maybe, uh, Heniah, a dedicated man according to the Torah, being well spoken by all who deemed dwelling there, came to me and stood by and said to me, Brother Shaul, look up. And at that same hour, I looked up at him. And he said, the Elohim of your fathers has appointed you to know his desire. What's that desire? And to see the righteous one and to hear the voice from his mouth. So if I can say maybe, listen, Paul, remember the one like Moses? It was said you better listen to the words out of it. He's being reminded by Ananias through the blindness. Listen to the word of the one who just approached you on the road. Because you shall be his witness to all men of what you have seen and heard. And now, why do you delay? Rise up, be immersed, be baptized, and wash away your sins, calling on the name of Yahuwah. And it shall be when I return, when I return to Jerusalem, and while I was praying in the Spirit in the set-apart place. This is Paul. And I came to be in a trance, and I saw him saying to me, Hurry, get out of Jerusalem speedily, because they shall not accept your witness concerning me. So it seems like Yeshua had some experience in this, being rejected by his own. And that my terminology about his own, I see it twofold. And I think it's in the beginning of John. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. There's a twofold there for me. He came to his own. We know he showed up, if we believe the text, and it was the Jews, Israel. But I think he also came to his own creation the men and women that he created when he breathed in Adam from the very beginning and I said master they know that in every congregation I was in prison and beating those who believed trusted in you took your report they know my name they know my character because I was going out and getting 
your very followers who are following after your very word. And when the blood of your witness, Stephanos, to Stephen, was shed, I know I also was standing by giving my approval to his death. I was approving to kill one of yours and keeping the garments of those who were killing him. And he said to me, Go, because I shall send you far from here to the Gentiles, or what if it's to the nation, like we just saw. He went into the nations, to Jew, to god fear, to those who did not know the God of Israel. And they were listening to and they were listening to him until this word. So the crowd, where he's at, he's sharing this message with the crowd. They are all listening. But as soon as he said that, boo, oh, heck, right, blue. And they were listening to him up until this word, till he said that. And they lifted up their voices, saying, away with him, such a one from the earth. That's pretty, I don't care, that's a death threat in my opinion. Away from him from the earth. Well, if you're not on the earth, you're dead. Right? For it is not fit for him that he should live. This Jew who's now preaching the good news, it's not fit for him to be part of us Jews. We get to get rid of him. That's a very clear, clear statement there. Until this word, the Gentiles, I already spoke of. And as they were shouting and tearing their garments and throwing dust into the air, making this commotion, the commander ordered him to be brought into the barracks, and he said um, that he should be uh, examined by flogging in order to find out why they were shouting so against him. So the commander was like, okay, this guy is really causing a problem. Right now, it's not the crowd, it's you. And as they were stretching him out with straps, Saul said to the captain who was standing by, Is it permitted for you to whip a man who is a Roman and uncondemned? Paul's playing his citizenship card here. He's playing all his cards for the good message in a righteous way. And when the captain heard he went and reported to the commander saying, watch what you are about to do. For this man is a Roman. He's a citizen. There's rules about the citizens. The Jew's not, but he's Jew and citizen. We've got to be careful. And having come, the commander said to him, say to me, are you a Roman? And he said, yes. And the commander answered, with a large sum, I've obtained this citizenship. And Saul said, but I was even born so. <laughs> you paid for your citizenship. I was born. Yeah. He's dual. That's kind of cool. And then at once, those who were about to examine him withdrew from him. And the commander was also, excuse me, also afraid after he found out that he was a Roman and because he, uh, he had bound him. So anyone who touched Paul at this point is like, oh, you know, I wasn't there, guys. You know, I, I just, I, you told me to do this, you know, right? I'm just picturing what might be going on. 
And on the next day, intending to know for certain why he was accused by the Udim, the Jews, he, uh, he released him and commanded the chief priest and all their council to come and brought Shaul down and set him before them. Okay, so what's happening now, if I understand this right, Rome has Paul. He's a Roman citizen. There's this ruckus going on. Well, Rome wants to find out, or the commander wants to find out the bottom line of what's going on. So he's going to call the high priest and that big council that did this whole thing and bring them down into the situation, which I think is very interesting. Let me see on time. And Shaul, looking intently at the council, he said, Men, brothers, now that you're here, you can actually maybe hear me through. Now that we have a mediator, Rome here, right, in some sense. Men, brothers, I have lived in all good conscience before Elohim until this day. And the high priest, Haniah, commanded those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth. And this might answer you, uh, um, Alec. And Shaul said to him, Elohim is going to strike you, whitewashed wall. And do you sit judging me according to the Torah, the law of Moses, all of it? And do you command me to be struck contrary to the Torah? Paul called him right out. This high priest was, in my opinion, Paul saw it out of line. You're not behaving like the Torah of Moses. There was no reason for him to do such stuff. Just because he didn't like a word? And those who stood by said, Do you revile the high priest of Elohim? Oh, Saul got a little bit more information here. I don't think he took back what, how he felt. And Saul said, I do, not, uh, I do not know, brothers, what he, that he was the high priest. For it has been written, You shall not speak evil of your, the ruler of your people. That is very interesting. When Paul learned some of the information, he quite knew. He may not have done that if he would have known. But maybe if the high priest was behaving like he should have, it would have never happened. I don't know. There's a lot of avenues you can go on that. Let me finish uh, to 8, and then we'll come back next week. And now Shaul, perceiving that one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees cried out, in the council, men, brothers, I am a Pharisee. He, this is clever what Paul's doing in my mind. Uh, men, brothers, I am a Pharisee, the son of a Pharisee. I am being judged con uh, concerning the expectation and resurrection of the dead. The Pharisees understood that there was a resurrection of the dead. And we know Paul, that's what he was proclaiming the whole time about Messiah, right? And when he had said this, there came a, uh, a dissension, uh, dissension between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the crowd was divided. I believe Paul did this purposely. 
For the Sadducees said that there is no resurrection, nor messenger, nor spirit. But the Pharisees confessed both. And now we see on, he's like, Paul was clever. I can see why Yeshua chose him, why the Father chose him. So let me leave off there. I'll open if there's any questions or comments. But this is what I want to do, probably another chapter or so, because Paul witnesses again his purpose. And as we all know, Paul is a majority writer of the New Testament, and it's got to be his words testifying, and that's where in some ways I'm bringing it back then to Messiah's words. I'm, I'm really excited to do the parables. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe because of their master's words. But I, that's what I want to do. Father, Yahweh, great and mighty you are. There is none like you. Father, we thank you for the redemption we find in your son, Yahshua. Father, help us in our walk to walk accordingly. Father, we, we've come to know that we need your help beyond anything we could ever imagine. Father, it is your spirit that will guide us. It is your spirit that strengthens us. It is your words that will help us to overcome and to be in your kingdom. That is our desire. Help us with that, Father. We thank you. Amen. Shabbat shalom, everyone. I'm glad I'll be here, and I'm good to be back.